0: The sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's the lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time
1: listen and enjoy today's program from lonesome road ministries church on the road give us a call we look forward to hearing from you i keep
0: those wheels turning from town
1: to town
0: there's so much i gotta see i gotta look around i got diesel smoke rolling from two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, Big Blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going.
1: friends and welcome to today's program. We're glad you tuned in today. This is and Gary Rayburn and we got a great message for you on today's program. It's a Father's Day message by Terry Hopkins and I know you're going to enjoy this message. So I want to put on for you a song that I wrote for my father called A Father's Love and I want to dedicate this to my dad and I just want to say I love you dad.
2: He sent me off to college, and my kids call him Grandpa. I owe him for more than knowledge, no way to repay it all. It's not easy to be a father. Because a father's love can never be replaced I thank the Lord above for His mercy and his grace It doesn't matter how hard you try I see only love and trust. And I think I understand just why Jesus died for us. Because the Father's love can never be replaced. I thank the Lord above for Daddy's mercy. It doesn't matter how hard you-
1: friends I hope you enjoyed that and i got one more song i want to play for you before we get into terry hopkins message and it's called praise the lord and bryce henderson helped me write this too and he's going to sing it for you i wrote this right after i got saved and i just wanted to praise the lord for saving my soul here's bryce henderson with praise the lord
3: I the light I gave my heart Now I have new sight Down on my knees Confessing my sins Now I can see I've been born all over again Oh, it makes me want to sing I can't keep it all in gotta tell everyone I know Jesus is the owner of my soul praise the Lord he saved me oh just look and see I'm not the same man that I used to be oh praise was since I found I am and it all happened the moment I took his hand now I'm in him and he is in me he is my strength now I can see oh it makes me want to sing I can't keep it all in The moment I call His name Is the moment that I change Praise the Lord, He saved me Oh, just look and see I'm not the same man that I used to be Oh Gotta tell everyone I know Jesus is the owner of my soul Praise the Lord He saved me Oh, just look and see I'm not the same man That I used to be Oh, praise the Lord
1: friends. I hope you enjoyed that. And now we got a great message for you by Pastor Terry Hopkins. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give Terry a call right now at 678-860-7606. Just encourage him in his ministry and tell him how much you enjoyed him being a part of Lonesome Road Ministries. Here's Pastor Terry Hopkins.
4: So here we have Jesus in the house. He's Coming through Capernaum, now can you imagine, I don't know whose house this was, and it doesn't say whose house this was, but Jesus ends up in this house. Can you imagine walking in the house and saying to Mama, guess who's coming to dinner? (laughs) And and it's Jesus, and and Jesus comes in, and apparently, as the crowd begins to go, the people that are in the house, they begin to go out and noise abroad that Jesus is in the house. So let's look at a little church growth philosophy. That's part of why I'm here. They they didn't call the mission board. Now, the mission board's fine. Nothing wrong with the mission board, but it doesn't say here they called the mission board and said they did not even have a seminar, said they didn't get a go, a how-to book. So let's just look at what they did. Everything in this book is so simple. He said their method, what was their method? They said just go and Tell. Now, we could stop right there, and if we really believed that, if we really obeyed that, if we would really do that, it's just simply go and tell was a message. Now, look at the message. The message was, hey, Jesus is in the house. And I've got news for you. I've been living down here long enough now to where I go to Madison, go to Covington. you got to go one or the other. <laughs> and listen, when I witness to people and tell them I'm from Centennial, you know what? They said, well, I've heard about that church. That's that church that does all those things for all those people. Listen, they know in its noised abroad that Jesus is in the house at Centennial Baptist Church. And you know what we need to do? We need to just keep noising it. We need to keep going. And we just need to keep telling. So their method was going town. And their message was Jesus in the house. Now, look at their means. Jesus Preach the word in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was Jesus. So you got Jesus Christ, the word preaching the word. Donnie, I believe it was all about Jesus. Jesus preaching Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Amazing. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. In verse 4, and when they could not come to him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where Jesus was. So when they had broken through, they let him down on the bed on which the paralytic was was lying. Now, you got four men, and it doesn't say they know this guy, but they know one thing I know that they know for sure. They know that Jesus is in that house. And they know that what this man need is his need is to get to Jesus. But now they've got a problem. There's no way to get him in the door. There's no way that they can uh, get him inside. So, so they had to <laughs> they had to come up with something. And I'm going to tell you what, Centennial people. Lord of mercy, y'all just keep coming up with something and coming up with something and coming up with something. And, And Jamaica is never not busy around here. And thank God for you. And last week at Vacation Bible School, out here in the middle of the country, and these children, almost 400 children in this place, 18 people saved. I'm going to tell you what. So these guys, they're looking at just one guy. Doesn't say that they know him. Doesn't say that they don't know him, but they know that he has a need. And church, I'm telling you, this world has a tremendous need. And that need is Jesus Christ. So they basically had a whatever it takes mentality. I don't know how they got him on the roof. I just know that they were determined. And they got him up on that roof. And there was unity. They worked together. Each man had a job to do. It took each man on the corner of this. I'm telling you right now, I have, I've seen so many things that worked, so many things that didn't work, but I've never seen anything go wrong when you're trying to introduce people to Jesus. Now I wanted Terry Welburn. I had told him this before, and I wanted to share this. I went to China several years ago and, and uh, it was a 19-hour flight over there. We got over there. Uh Listen, I, I did not... Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I wasn't too keenly about going. We had tried to go, and the flight had been put off twice over several months. Finally, we got the flight. We went over there. And so when we got there, they, they had a one-day seminar on reaching unreached people groups. And... I thought we'd go see an underground church, and that would be about it. But we got there, and they had their their seminar, which was good. And then they put us on a plane, me and two other guys, and sent us somewhere. Until this day, I could not tell you where they sent us. And when we got out of that plane, they put us on another plane. And I don't know where they sent us. Well, when we got to the second landing, we got to meet the missionary that was going to work with us. Well, when I saw that guy and they said, that's the missionary that's going to be working with you, I thought, if he's a missionary, I'm a jet pilot. I mean, he didn't look like no missionary. And, and when I talked to him, he didn't sound like no missionary. And he, he didn't shout, and he wasn't loud, and he wasn't, he just, but but we met. And I, I said, well, what are we going to do? And he said, you'll see. And I I thought, I don't want to just see, I, I want to hear, what are we going to do? So he took us down to where we were going to stay, and that's a whole other story. And if you ever go to China, don't you ever drink any yak butter tea. It will make you sick forever. It will make you sick when you drink drinking, it will make you sick when you think about drinking it. <laughs> I drank it. <laughs> and I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> So anyway, I, I, I was not impressed, and of course over there, the people over there are not quite as tall as we are, so my little bed was about five feet, so either I had to have my head hanging off one end, my feet hanging off the other, and it wasn't very comfortable. Well, I finally asked this guy, I said, so, you, you're a missionary. I said, so, how, how, how do you live? He said, uh, I work in apple orchard. And I said, you work in the apple orchard, and you're a missionary. He said, that's correct. And I I said, all right. There wasn't anything he said to me that impressed me. Well, we we slept that night, and the next morning, he said, "Uh, let's go. I said, where are we going? He said, you'll see. (laughs) So I said, okay, let's go. So we followed him, and listen, I never had a day like that in my life. I'm going to tell you, I did not feel the presence of God. I didn't want to get up and pray. I didn't want to get up and read my Bible. But we left with him. We got in a car with a driver, and I don't know how far we went. Uh, it was a couple of hours. We we got out of that car, and this and this got on horseback. That was a sight because them horses over there, little bitty horses. So <laughs> I could ride him a while, or I could stand up and walk and let him rest. That's true. <laughs> So here I am on this little bitty horse, uh, with my little Bible, and this guy that I don't think, I, I, I don't know what he's going to do with us. I don't know if he's going to leave us out in the middle of China or, or what he's going to do. He has told me nothing. So we began to climb, and Brother Keith, you know you get about eight 9,000 feet. It's hard to breathe. And so it became hard to breathe. Well, about the time it got to where we couldn't breathe anymore, we had to get off the horses and had to go to walking. And I thought, you know, I'm a long way from home, and I don't know what we're doing, and I don't know where we're going, and I want to know. And and he still had told me nothing. Well, we we walked, and we walked, and we walked, till I was just totally exhausted. And then we came over a hill, and there you could see the monastery. Huge, huge Buddhist, Buddhist monastery. And all these Buddhists with their robes on they've got prayer wheels that they believe that their prayer goes in and it throws their prayer out to Buddha. And, and uh, the men turn that uh, prayer wheel and, and we stood and I said, well, what are we going to do now? He said, you'll see. <laughs> so we went down to where they were at and honest to goodness, you could look in the face of those men and I have never in my life ever felt the oppression like I felt that Day, I mean, it was it was. I felt like God. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't feel the presence of God. It wasn't because He wasn't there. I just could not feel His presence. It was my condition. So we got down close to the guys, and so the missionary at least started talking and telling us about prayer wheels and what have you, and whole nine yards. And then he says, "Let's read some scripture." I didn't want to read no scripture. I wanted to go home. I just wanted to be at home. So I let him read. I said, well, you read it. He read the scripture. When he got through reading, he said, let's pray. I'll be honest with you. I did not want to pray. And, and, And he prayed. And then he said, let's sing a hymn. And I thought this is going downhill in a hurry. So there we were. I did sing or tried to. And so we sang. Well, after we got through singing, he said, let's go. I said, where are we going? He said, you'll see. (laughs) We walked another mile, I bet, around the backside of that, and you could hear this tink, 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 tink sound. And I thought, what in the world is that? And so we go, and here's these Buddhist monuments, metal, bronze, some of them taller than I was. And inside this little building, they still had wooden anvils, and here's these guys and they are making these by hand and beating these out, and they got a fire going. And this missionary, we walk in there, and he begins to talk to them in their language. And that kind of caught my interest. And, and, and then he gets excited, and I think, well, what's he getting excited about? Something going on here. And then he gets his little backpack and, gets his, and starts pulling. He pulls a DVD player out of his backpack, and, and, and then he gets the Jesus film and, and puts the Jesus film in there and, and puts up his little uh, computer there and set it on a stump. And, and so the Jesus film is a long, long film, if you've never seen it. It, it. I don't know how long. It's over an hour at least. So these guys quit everything they do and line up in front of this, and all that missionary does is walk by and says, pray. Well, I thought, now this is something I can understand. This is something I can see. This is something that I'll, I'll pray about. So begin to pray and they begin to watch. Now, I want to tell you, there was like eight of them sitting there. When it got to the part to where they nailed Jesus on the cross, when they started to drive that first nail, these men covered their eyes. Some of them, some of them turned away. Some of them, uh, they couldn't watch it. Their hearts are not like the hearts here. We hear the gospel. We turn on the television. Our our hearts can get so hard to it and so used to it. But these guys and and this missionary stopped and and began to, they wanted to know. And he told us they want to know why they would do this to that man. And he proceeded to tell them because of you. And, And they, why would they do that to him for me? And he began to talk to them about their sins. And they began to nod in agreement with him. And so then he turned it back on. And he finished watching it. And when he got through watching it, he prayed with them, talked to them, prayed with them. I didn't have a clue what was said, but I could see the tears running down some of their eyes. I could feel the presence of God finally. And he was hugging them, and they were hugging us. And we left, and I said... What just happened? He said, I believe that five of those men were saved. And I said, y- you think? And he said, I'm sure. I feel sure in my heart. We went back, traveled all the way back, got there that night. And I said, so, so what do we do tomorrow? He said, you do nothing. Just stay here and pray. And I said, do nothing. I came to do something, but not ride no horse and walk up and down no mountain. And he said, you just stay here and pray. He said, I'm going to meet another missionary and take them up back and check with these men. They went back up there and make a long story short over the course of that day and the next week and what have you. We had come over there and we had been delayed in getting there over and over but I do to tell you what, we got there, God's timing is perfect. Now listen to me, when we got there, I mean it was right on time. They have shifts of men that come from different places to work and build those Buddhist gods. Now here these men are, building this Buddhist god. Here they are doing their shift that wouldn't have been there a month before, or wouldn't have been there two months before. And I said, brother, what in the world? And and, and uh They came back with a report, five of those men, no doubt about it, they're saved. I said, so so we get to go back tomorrow? And they said, oh, you don't. (laughs) And I said, well, what do you do next? And he said, this is unbelievable. And now this little missionary had nothing to say. I mean, he is just absolutely beside himself. I mean, he is victorious. The guy with him is victorious. I mean, they are praising God and thanking God. Five of those men at that place at that time represented five unreached people groups. Five. When they left there to go back, they went to five different geographical locations where they were going to take. So they take them Oh, They take them a DVD player. And guess what? It's solar powered. You just set that baby in the sun and it fires up. So we had five men taking a solar powered DVD of the Jesus film into five unreached people groups. You say, boy, Brother Terry, you did your job, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> If I could have, and God knows this, if there was a point there when we were on that mountain before that happened, if I could have pushed a button and went home and not said anything to any of them, I would have pushed that button. Mission accomplished. Can you imagine what it was like for those men on that roof when they finally got that man to the roof? They dug through that roof. Can you imagine what it was like? When Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven them. They had dug in that room and it was straw and dirt. They'd got their hands dirty. They'd got him there. They tore a hole in the roof. They'd got him to Jesus and they got him born again. But this is where I want to just hammer for a few minutes. But in verse six, some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts he said, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Reasoning in their heart, Well, who are these men? Who who Who's going to pray, pay for this? And and, and they're probably saying, who's, who's going to clean up this mess? It's kind of like I was. I just kept saying, You know, well, where are we going? Well, I don't want to ride a horse. I don't want to walk up a mountain. I don't want to. And you know what? It did not matter what they wanted, and it did not matter about these people that were doubters inside this house. Jesus is Jesus. He is God, and He's going to do what He wants to, when He wants to, and He's going to do it how He wants to. But these men were doubting the very Son of God. one point, they were digging. Now they're on the rooftop dancing. And Miss Pam and Jane danced up here all week long. God bless you ladies. I'm not going to say I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't volunteer. <laughs> so, you know, I guess a, a, a good question to ask or a good question to ask myself at times, am I digging? Am I concerned? Do I take the opportunities that God puts in my place to tell a simple, simple, simple story? Am I willing to get my hands dirty? You know, my biggest claim to vacation Bible school, my I invested big time. Sandy said, we need a sign out front. We don't have a... We went out there and we needed two more posts. And I went to Southern, somewhere across from the hospital, toward Madison, because I go there a lot. And, and, and got the two posts, and then we couldn't get them in the ground, ground. And I love Rutledge. I love the people of Rutledge. I said, how in the world are we going to get these in the ground? And Sandy said, well, I called Paul said, if you go down here at four-way stop sign, take a left. The, uh, pole driver's hanging on the, uh, corner fence. And I, 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 I said, oh, I didn't know she's kidding. I said, okay, go to the stop sign, take a left. It's hanging on the right. She said, it'll be there. And it was there. We came back and we put that thing up. And listen, drove that thing in the ground. We got that sign up to Miss Sandy. And you know what? In God's economy, there was no difference than if I'd been up here dancing every night. You say all I did was give them a cup of Kool-Aid or, or made them a sandwich. Well, let me tell you something. In God's economy, that's huge. I mean, that is big. That's big stuff. But here these people are. We got some men dancing. Got men with victory we got men doubting. In James one twenty two, he said, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. And if God's people who hear God's word and do not practice it in their daily lives, in the power of the Holy Spirit for his glory, they will suffer in many ways. How will you suffer? Six ways here. And it's a progression. And this... You'll drift from where you were spiritually. If you can sit here this morning and say, I remember where I was with God, and now I remember where I am with God, then you've drifted spiritually. Who does that? Well, I'll do. And then you'll become dull of hearing. You can sit here and hear the word over and over and over. And then just come back and sit down and hear more of the word and hear it over and over and over. But there's no going. There's no telling. You'll depart from God's truth. You'll despise what you hear. It keeps going down. Then you will deny what you hear. You can say that won't happen to me. That, well, I'll tell you one thing. I will never say that. And I'll tell you somebody else it won't. In Luke 22, verse 54, having arrested him, they led him, Jesus, and brought him to the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain girl, seeing him, sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with Jesus. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I don't know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another... Confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was with Jesus, for he's a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately he was still speaking when the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Betty and I have been there where they were scourging Jesus and where Peter was when he denied the Lord. And it says he saw Jesus face to face. Well, when you're standing where Peter was and you're looking where they were scourging Jesus, and the Bible says, and he looked at Peter, Peter had to look at him. Peter had to look at the bloody face of Jesus. And you better believe whatever choices you make. said, you'll drift away spiritually. You'll begin to doubt. You'll become dull of hearing. You'll depart from God's truth. You will despise what you hear. You will deny what you've heard. And you could say that won't happen. But if it happened to Peter, I think it could happen to me. It can happen to anyone. You can drift away from Jesus. You can doubt God's word. You can depart from the face. You can despise him. Peter cursed and then just simply denied him. Can you imagine coming to the place in your life? Will you just say, I don't know him? May of 1982, I was sitting out by my pool, and I'll close with this. Sitting out by my pool, and a gentleman came to the gate and and was from the church and, and witnessed to me. And for the first time, I heard the gospel. And listen, it doesn't take 10 minutes. It doesn't take 30 minutes. You can ask Betty this. Uh, you can win a lady at Walmart at the cashier because it doesn't take two minutes to give the gospel. And so here, this guy gives me the gospel. And it's just three steps. He said, you got to repent, except if you repent, you will all perish. And he said, repent doesn't mean quit sinning, because if you say you're going to quit sinning, you're lying. He said, but how about could you say, God, you're right and I'm wrong? I said, no, I can do that. He said, then you got to believe, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, who else who believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You've got to believe Jesus, who He said He was, did what He said He did, and did it for you. And then it gets easier. He said, as many as received Him, as many as received Jesus, He said, I give them the power to become even as the sons of God you saying that's what Jesus asked. That's all he asked. Repent. Turn from your sins. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was and did what he said he did. And by faith, you've never heard him. You've never seen him. But by faith, say, Lord, by faith, I repent. I believe I receive. Well, that gentleman's with me five minutes. And I'll tell you something. When I didn't get saved that May, Betty and I got saved July the 18th, 1982, three months later. But John, when my dad came to uh, see us baptized, John's the man that climbed across the pews and took my daddy down an aisle and knelt with him and prayed, and my daddy got saved. John was the man that I went to. Oh, he was my buddy. I mean, he was my friend. He took care of me and Betty. He, he was my mentor. I loved him like a brother. He, he worked at Great Atlanta Christian School at night cleaning uh, the school. Well, I would go down there and and, and walk with him and work with him and help him clean that building so I could ask him Bible questions. I I wanted to know so much more about this Jesus. And I asked him simple stuff like, can you explain the Trinity? (laughs) Uh, But he knew the book and he knew Jesus. He he, he ran our bus ministry. Betty and I labored under him. I love John. I love John. When it came Christmas time he literally stayed with me and Betty him and his family for two weeks and finally I said John I know you got to spend time with your family brother and he said well Terry he said I know what a problem that drinking was for you and he said brother I just love you so much he said I just want to keep you busy so you wouldn't be thinking about that because I know a lot of drinking goes on in Christmas And I said, John, trust me. I said, the second after God saved me, he took that. And I appreciated him so much. So loving me, thinking about me, and caring for me. Well, you can drift from where you're at spiritually. You can begin to doubt. You can be dull of hearing. You can depart from God's truth. You can despise what you hear, and you can deny what you hear. We had bus meetings every Saturday morning. And John led those, and he would preach literally. Walked in there one Saturday morning, and John got up and said, I'm resigning. I thought, what? He said, I'm resigning. And he said, I've sinned. That's not John. He said, uh, I'm no longer worthy to lead. And uh, he resigned. And uh, I hugged him. I loved him. I said, John, you know, just get it right. But you don't, have to, you don't have to quit. And he said, oh, yeah, I do, Terry. In the next couple of years, John lost his wife, his family. An airplane fell on his house. He had one son that burned to death. I had left the church that I was at with John and was working at Crossroads Baptist Church. And I was driving through Lawrenceville one day and saw John standing on the side of the road. And I pulled over. He opened the door and I said, John. He said, hey. He got in. had a beer in his hand. And I said, John. He said, I'm not going to drink it in here. He said, I'm not going to. He said, i got more respect for you than that. And he put it in his coat pocket. And I said, John, I'm begging you. He said, don't beg me. He said, if you're going to start that, just let me out. And this is the man that came to my house. This is the man that loved my daddy enough to get up and come across the church and talk him into coming down an aisle and get saved. And I said, oh, John. I said, John, I'm praying for you. I said, John, I love you. He said, yeah, I love you. Got into where he was going and met him out. I didn't see him for about a year. Well, this morning when you were singing about Calvary, Donnie, and then you were singing about the anchor steel holes, we were in revival. It was in the heat of the revival. We had a room upstairs, and that's where we went to pray before the revival. And a group of men would be up there praying. And this is probably three years, maybe four years, after John had resigned and had went away from God. And I was kneeling, just praying. And I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I heard this familiar voice. And John said, Dear Lord Jesus... Thank you for letting me see my brother again. And Lord, thank you for what you've done for me. And I opened my eyes and looked and it was John and the tears were running down his face. And I could see that so vivid this morning. And and I, I just shouted out in my heart, God, the anchor still holds He doesn't give up on you. He doesn't give out on you. You say, well, I've done this or I've done that or I'm away from God. Well, he doesn't want you to be that prodigal's father stood there every day looking down that road waiting on that boy. I mean, waiting on him every day. And when he came, he didn't say, where have you been? He didn't say, what'd you do with your money? He didn't ask him any of those things. He said, this is my son that once was dead and now he's alive. Glory to God. And that's what he says when every child of his comes home. This was my son. This was my daughter that was dead. Now is alive. Kill a fatted calf. Put a robe on him. Put some shoes on that boy and bring him in the house. Now this is the question. I don't know where you're at with God, but you do. And you may be saying, son, I'm dancing on the rooftops. I got the victory of Jesus in my heart. You may be sitting here and saying, brother Terry, I wish I knew that Jesus. Man, I wish you knew what it was like down to our house without Jesus. Well, I got news for you. He'll not only come in your heart, he'll come in your home. In his father's day, he'll make a daddy out of you. God make a husband out of you. God will give you what you need to be what He wants you to be. And you know what He wants you to be? He wants you to be so peaceful, so happy. He, he loves you. He loves you so much. Let's pray. Father, well, thank you so much, Lord, for your presence. Lord, for your peace. Lord, for your word. Lord, for the opportunity. And, Lord, what a wonderful day, Lord, that it's been to be in your presence. But, Lord, I pray for those that are sitting here now. Lord, I pray, Lord, they'd talk to you. Lord, you could deal with them because I know how you're going to deal with us. You always do. You love us. And, Lord, we just pray this day for every person in this room within the sound of our voice. And then, Lord, I pray for us as a church, Lord, that we would just simply uh, resign to go and tell. And, Lord, for people to be noticed abroad that Jesus is in this place and that Jesus is performing miracles. Lord, the new birth is one of the greatest miracles that's ever been performed. So, Father, we ask you now to have your will and have your way in this invitation. And, Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Hello, Jesus. Yes, it's really me. After all the wrong. I've done, Lord. I guess you're surprised to see me here at your altar like a beggar on bended knees who's come here to beg you, oh Lord. Please, please forgive me I can't make it without you, Jesus. Yes, I finally see, so let me surrender my life to you, and Jesus, Jesus, please forgive me. Satan's so-called good life Oh, it was just a candle
4: It It was just a
5: candle Too short to burn through the night Now I'm here in the darkness and I come to you and plead Oh, light my life Oh, light And Jesus, please forgive me Oh, please forgive me I can't make it without you, Jesus Yes, I finally see So let me confess my sins And you can give me eternal life and Jesus please, 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 please forgive me.
1: Well, friends, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. Are you saved? I'm not asking you if you're a good person or if you go to church. I'm asking, are you saved? If you died right now, would you go to heaven? If you was at the gates of heaven and Saint Peter asked you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? What would the answer be? Do you know the answer? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death and death is the separation from God And separation from God is an eternity in hell. That's bad news. But I've got some good news for you. The good news of the Bible is that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 10... Verse nine, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved; For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Scripture says, "Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between Jews or Greeks, rich or poor. The same Lord over all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you saved? If you're not sure, if you're not living for Jesus, pray this prayer with me right now. Oh God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe. His shed blood, death, burial, and resurrection was just for me. I now receive him as my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. I receive this gift of salvation and everlasting life because of your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, call someone. All right, friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107, and we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell, and now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he is helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level here's dennis mckay with at the foot of the tree off of our brand new cd lonesome road volume one and yes you'll be able to get a copy of this cd by calling us 618-383-2107 here's dennis mckay with at the foot of the tree
0: Roads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed when i thought of my past then i called his name this chance would it be my last then i saw jesus hanging on that tree i lifted up my heart from down on my knees today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. At the foot of the cross, brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.
1: Hey drivers, this is Jeff and Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to LonesomeRoad.org. And if you can't, give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by. <laughs>